Hello everyone, and I hope you're having a happy May 14th. We're here on the Proverbs Daily Podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm here with Pastor David. Hello everyone. Uh, we're going to be talking today about Proverbs 14. Our goal is to uh, encourage you to think about and chew on the words of Scripture and apply them to your lives. So we're going to do that with Proverbs chapter 14 today. It goes like this. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Whoever fears the Lord walks uprightly, but those who despise him are devious in their ways. A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox come abundant harvests. An honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways, and the good rewarded for theirs. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. The wise fear the, the, wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feel secure. A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Evildoers will bow down in the presence of the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. It is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Do, do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The wealth of the wise is their crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. A large population is a king's glory, but without subjects a prince is ruined. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death the righteous seek refuge in God. Wisdom reposes in the heart of the discerning, but even among fools she lets herself be known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. A king delights in a wise servant, but a shameful servant arouses his fury. It's a long one today. David, what you got? It's long. There's only really one that I really feel strongly talking about and it's um verse four where there are no oxen the manger is empty 
that the strength of an ox comes from abundant harvest. And I'm used to a different translation, so let me give it to you. It says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come from the strength of an ox. And that word uh, clean or empty is the word Hebrew word bar, B-A-R, um, and it's derived from barar. Um, and it, it's most correctly translated clean or pure. I know the NIV tries to simplify it for younger readers, but uh, the idea here is that when you don't have oxen, then your manger is nice and clean and perfect. Like if you have a barn and it's just for show, that you never do any work in it, it's very tidy and put together and no, no dirt or, you know, ox leavings. Mm. Um, it says, but abundant crops comes by the strength of the ox. And so the dirtiness is what, what, what justifies the existence of the barn at all. And it reminds me of the story. So I'm going to give you a story about my friend, John No. Now, was a guy I knew in high school, and he went to the same college as I did, so I knew him in college. Um, and John No's a, a good guy, very funny, uh, fun to hang around guy. And he did um, summer marching competitions. It's called drum corps. It's for, like, people who are even nerdier than marching band kids like me would do, like, extra drum corps. So it was like, like a travel baseball, but for for band and so anyway he would travel around and one time he was traveling and they were in georgia and their uh drum corps would slept in this uh, high school gym that was directly across the street from a spam factory Yum. yeah delicious he said it's just the smell of like uh chemically cooked spam like overwhelming uh, existence. Now, I've never had Spam. Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. It could be delicious. I don't know. I, I like bologna, so I probably like Spam, but I've never had it. Um, but John, had he never had Spam. Like once he experienced the smell of that place, he would never eat Spam. And it reminds me of saying that if you like sausage, don't ever go to a sausage factory because yeah. a lot of people can't handle how it's made. And that's the manger, right? That the, if the manger, manger is clean, then maybe you have this happy idea about how farming works. But if you understand how farming works, that you know that that manger is going to be gross with uh, ox leavings all over the floor. That they're going to have to clean that up, and, and you know you're never going to clean it up all the way. That that's always going to exist. Um, and it really reminds me of church. And so if we think about church and the reasons we give for not going to church, it's often because we don't like how. The sausage is made. We don't like going to church and having to bump into people and having people in our business. And, you know, the reasons we go to church is to have relationships with people. And if you have relationships with people, they're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to make you sad. They're going to annoy you from time to time. But that's what church is for. That's the dirty manger. That's the stuff that we're supposed to do. And it's through, the, uh, through those things that we have the abundant harvest. Yeah, that's good stuff. Definitely, uh, uh, when church is being done right, it can it can rub you the wrong way. Uh, I see a few of the other uh, proverbs in here that can really tie into that too. You you see, uh, uh, where to go? Verse nine says, "Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright." And the idea of uh, repenting whenever we hurt someone else is difficult and often it can lead to ridicule whenever you're uh, apologizing to the wrong person but whenever we're we're doing what's right it doesn't matter what those fools think of us 
we've got to we've got to do the right things anyway. And then down even further, um, uh, where to go? Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. And so we're we're interacting with these people in church that we don't know a lot of times what's going on in their daily life, and they might have a smile on their face and be acting like there's nothing wrong. But unless we really dig deeper with them and, and make real relationships, we won't know that they have that heartache and grief in their lives. And so church is not just about showing up and having a smile on your face, but really making relationships that matter. Yeah, and that's the hard stuff, right? So people talk about, you know, I can have a relationship with Jesus and not be part of church. But what we're studying in Revelation, if you're part of our church, um, is is that marriage relationship between Jesus and the church. It's not the individuals in the church that is the bride of Christ. It's the gathering of the church that's the bride of Christ. And and that kind of that kind of relationship is deep and it's hard and it can be it can be difficult and it can be uh, but it can be joyous and it can be uplifting and it can be overwhelmingly good. Um, and so we're called as church members uh, to not um, balk at the. Uh, uh, uncleanliness of the manger. Now, that's not an excuse to be awful church, right? So we can't use that as an excuse to just be bad people and say, oh, well, that's just how sausage is made. <laughs> we have to actually be good and kind and nice and uplifting to each other. Um, but knowing that from time to time, if you love people, they're going to hurt you. If you let people in, they're going to hurt you. And that's the that's the pain of church, but that's also the source of power for the church, where we let people in and they speak truth into our lives and they know us. And so they're willing to tell us the hard truths about what's tripping us up or what's getting in, a, in, in the way of our relationship with Jesus. It's the people bumping into each other, which make us want to quit, but it's the people bumping into each other, which is the whole point. Yeah, I see a lot in here about the contrast between people who are prudent and patient versus those who are quick-tempered and uh, make decisions on the fly without really thinking things through. And I think that that's very valuable for us as a church, too, that if we react quickly whenever we are hurt or someone says something that maybe might be taken the wrong way, then it can cause a lot of trouble and we see in several of these verses, a quick-tempered person does foolish things. Um, and uh, so, so these things that we just do on the fly instead of really giving people the benefit of the doubt or thinking about how we could take things differently or just acting in a gracious way can really change the whole culture of the church. The verse 1 right at the top says, a, woman, a wise woman builds her house. But with their own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And it, this is our house. Like, this is where we come to be together as a family. And we have the ability to either build it up or tear it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about quick-tempered as the the hardest people to get to join your church or to be, to really join. When I say join, I'm not talking about, like, paper membership. I'm talking about becoming part of the life of the church are the ones that are quick. They come in fast and they volunteer for everything and they start ministries and they do good work, but really, really fast. It's yeah. the quickness of it, um, because as quick as they come, usually they just go. They, yeah. is they're quick in one door and quick out the next. And so uh, it's, it's uh, the slow and steady, 
considered life of church. And that's what I just want to encourage you to, is to consider church. If you're part of a manual, that's great. We love having you here. But if you're not part of a manual, whatever church you're part of, um, consider how you're a member, like being part of, of the life of the church. And when you see the parts of the manger that aren't clean, instead of letting that chase you from the church, encourage you to pick up a shovel and do some cleaning and to work on it like that's the hard work but look at the look at the other side but the abundant crops come by the strength of the ox and so having that kind of work is is what what the what the bible's telling us is that that it's worth the muck because it creates the wealth and in this case the wealth of the church is relationships love togetherness, kindness, maturity of believers. There's so much good there um, that, that we don't want to be quick to flee to find church community online or to find church community just in, with our friends. But we want to be dug in to church because, well, there's goodness there. Yeah. Abundant yeah. wealth. And you would hope that the end result would be a harvest of new believers coming in and bringing extra muck and dirtiness and life and isn't that the worst so if your (laughs) church is good you bring in new people who don't quite know how to keep the stable clean yet yeah and then you got to train them in your church culture to to do it so it's 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 us in the church building a culture that's used to it and demonstrates how to deal with the muck so that when more muck comes we know how to deal with it so we're not you know piled over in muck yeah yeah so be grateful for for the messes that are there and hope that more come along yeah, guys, there's a lot more in this proverb that's worth studying and looking at, and I want to encourage you to read it. If if uh, this isn't the message that rings with your heart today, pick something else and chew on it. The, the, the proverbs exist to up, uplift and edify and to encourage believers towards Christian living. And so if you're a believer today, I believe there's something in here that's going to teach you today. And so uh, I just want to encourage you that sometime today, open, crack open that Bible, read Proverbs 13, Pick one and let it be the meditation of your heart. Thank you for joining us, and I hope to see you tomorrow for Proverbs 14. Thanks for being with us today.